Hello and welcome to series three, episode 10 of Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. I'm Russell and this is Rebecca. Hello. Hello, Dad. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm guessing you weren't expecting the music you got last week. No, I wasn't. This week was not what at all completely un-80s compared to what you've had so far very un-80s i think i've written that somewhere in my notes that it's just not the 80s that i have begun to know because you've got to think we're now we're now going into the new and it just shows you how the 80s really were so different yeah well like you they... know you had rock you had synth pop you had pop yeah um, but they're quite yeah. normal genres that you find every decade. We're getting to the genres that are very niche to certain decades. So we're getting very 90s genres. Do you know what I mean? Like synth pop is very 80s, isn't it? Yeah. But the genre that I've got this week is very niche to the 90s. But started in the 80s. Yeah. And so it doesn't sit. It's a bit odd hearing it now. Okay, well, let's just remind everyone who you had. So, yeah. Cookie Crew, Cold Cut, Mars, Inner City, S Express, D Mob, and Salt and Pepper. Yeah, very odd names as well this week. But none of them are really normal, are they? Ah, uh, true. Um, any number ones? Um, I reckon if there's going to be one, there will be only one, and that will be with salt and pepper. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you know this week, right? Yeah. I didn't have like not many of the songs. I couldn't find many of them on Spotify. Okay. So that's a funny thing about this week. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Yeah, no, like I was typing things in. No, I was ty- unless like I was completely being blind. I was typing it in, typing in the artist, looking through their discography, nothing. So quite a lot. Oh, okay. Well, I had at least, you know, I had a couple of songs for each of them, each of the artists that I could definitely find. Yeah. Um, and Salt and Pepper I found a lot, but there was like a few that I couldn't find. So it's yeah. quite hard okay. to... Listen first off for this week. Okay, so you're going with one number one. Yes. So you'd be surprised if I was to tell you there were three. Ooh, okay, very surprised. Mm. Two of those, I'm going salt and pepper then. Okay. All right. We shall see. So are you ready to let's talk music? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, and let's start with the Cookie Crew. Yes. What did you think of them? Well, there was only three songs. Um, I've gone straight in for hip-hop. They seem very young. I think it's a duo, maybe sisters. Um, They've got good beats. But all in all, their songs sound quite similar to one another. Um, I think they're a very short-lived group. They get your head bopping. And based on the videos, they're very 90s looking. 
so we're back on that when are moving into the 90s and what i do like is you get an insight to the dances in like this genre by looking at the videos it's very dance routines they like a matching outfit as well um and i 100 percent think they're like londoners okay so the cookie crew were a duo susan banfield otherwise known as Susie q and debbie price that's twice with a y otherwise known as mc remedy okay so not sisters then not sisters they were formed in 1983 in london so you're right and they are a hip-hop hip house band or group should i say uh, see i did i did think about house but i thought it was too early for house so the duo won a national rap championship and they got to record two sessions for the john pill show on radio one and then they gained a recording contract with dance label rhythm king on the back of it um so it's rhythm king who put them in a studio with the producers Beatmasters? Now we've spoke about Beatmasters previously. We have, yes. Um, and it was Beatmasters who pointed them in the direction of house music. Okay. So in but they July, were quite early on Beatmasters, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. I think yeah, mid eighties, eighty five, mm. eighty four. I think. Um, I can't remember offhand, but obviously we've already touched on them and they were like yeah. the forefront of what you've listened to today to be honest yeah that's I mean, true actually i mean they were at the end of at the end of theirs if i remember they were i think we mentioned about them and cold cut being in an like rivalry even though we've now only just got to cold cut and um obviously they were also to do with cookie crew um so right uh, okay i'm with you they yeah were, i remember um, them more now so yeah, in fact, we we had Beatmasters. They were 1987 um, is when ah. they had their first hit. So they would have fitted in here, but around mm. beforehand. Um, yeah. And they were in the um, series uh, series two, episode seventeen, with Art of Noise, Break Machine, yes, Holly and Jerry, Buzzbox, and Run DMC, who we will mention in this podcast. Okay. In this so episode. They they will we will. they would have been early early no, they were yes yes okay um so yeah so um in july 1987 the resulting single rock the house was popular in nightclubs they then released a follow-up single females which was a minor hit which was in october 1987 and then on that well the, the the rock the house was still gaining popularity in the background because it was being played in nightclubs. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. And eventually it got renewed interest in the single, um, even getting the duo TV time on BBC Two show No Limits. So oh, what yeah. happened is in December 1987, bear in mind it was released in January 1987. And they've had another single in between, or another single. Um, So then in December 1987, the single was remixed. 
and it was put out on mainstream released hitting the singles chart in february 1988 um okay. and becoming one of the earliest examples of hip house music Ooh. so there you go so 1988 and in the feb so february 1988 rock the house got into the charts and was pretty much one of the earliest hip house examples and i'll probably i can't remember without looking back but probably beat masters had already gone into that direction bear in mind it was around mm -hmm. this time if i just said 1987 so they were probably the first i'm guessing right. and yeah. then obviously yeah. as now as producers they've now bought been able to um, cookie crew yeah as well yeah so the duo then moved to ffrr for a record label with um, okay. different producers, so no longer with Beatmasters. Oh, okay, so no longer okay. with them, right. Um, and this resulted in a string of hit singles in 1989, um, plus the album Born This Way, which right. charted in the top 30 of the album chart. So we've now got an, an album that's hip-hop, hip-house, hip really. getting yeah. into the album charts as well. So it's really coming through now. Yeah, well, Got to Keep On, which was with Edwin Starr, um, who was originally with Orange Juice. So we've spoke about him as yeah, well. Yeah, spoke about them as well, yeah. Um, was it Orange Juice? I think it was. Doubting myself now. I think Edwin Starr was Orange Juice. Um, anyway, we've, we spoke about him already. Um, and um, it also reached number 33 in the US dance chart. Oh, okay. So that's got to keep. So got to keep on. Got to got to number thirty three in the US dance chart. Okay. Okay. By nineteen ninety two. So you said they were short lived. Right. So they were formed in nineteen eighty three. Yeah. They had their first yeah. hit in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. And now I'm talking about nineteen ninety two. There were differences okay. of opinions between the duo. And the record label, so not it between the duo themselves, but the duo and the record label was the differences. Right. So, okay. um, the record label wanted to pursue a more orthodox hip hop rap style, the same as so. So, so I'm, I'm not explaining myself. So there was differences between the duo and the record label FFRR, yeah. Yeah. right? Where they wanted to pursue a more orthodox hip-hop rap style so keep on that but right. a bit more but, hardcore rap hip-hop rather and away than, from the house as well well no no hip-hop and well yeah hip-hop rap yeah um take however london record who was ffrr's parent company Right. They wanted to steer the duo towards the more pop oriented style of rap. Right. So in other words, so the more like mainstream two... rap. Yeah. Rather than the hip hop. And then they've they've got these basically arguing over what they're doing. So the problem is FFRR, they agree with the duo, but yeah. their the bigger label management, as you say, yeah. their owners are disagreeing with them. So yeah. FFRR were sort of in the middle. Um, they 
obviously agree, as I say, they they agreed with with Cookie Crew. Yeah. But unfortunately, with kind the of politics of it all, they're going to have to go with what their record company, their their parent company. Yeah, like they get the veto in a sense. They'll they? pull them the money otherwise, because they're yeah. the ones with the money that are sub subsidised. Hence, they're a subsidiary. Um, yeah. But so what happened in the end is that um, the duo parted company with FFRR right. and retired from hip hop rap scene there and there. Oh. So because they were because they weren't getting what they kind of wanted, yeah. they didn't carry on trying to get. Well, to we'll talk they about that with a, with another group later on. But it was very hard in this right. niche market to find oh, yeah. record companies that wanted to take you on because it wasn't mainstream and obviously it, it wasn't I suppose was, that, yeah. and i suppose london records the parent company was showing that by saying that we don't want we, you know we don't think that's the way to go um it's mm. a it's a short-lived yeah 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 um it's gonna st- whereas pops obviously you know mainstream so they wanted to go pop mm. rap rather than hip-hop rap hip-hop Right, so, so yeah, they um they retired. Um, both yeah. Price and Banfield have remained involved in other projects within the music industry, but nothing, nothing um, as in actual more more behind the scenes than in front, like um releasing singles or anything. Right. Um, and Susan Banfield is the sister of Andrew Banfield, who was the main singer of, or the, the singer or one of the singers of the Pasadenas. So, You've not done them yet. So, yeah, no. You will find out about them. Okay. In this Hello. podcast, we will talk about the Pasadenas, mention them. Okay. Will I ever have them? Or were they um, an older group? Let's, let's wait and see where they come up in this <laughs> later. Okay. Um, so the Cookie Crew had two top 30 singles. Right. And they had one top 30 album, which was 1989's Born This Way, which got to number 24. Mm, not bad. So regarding their singles, as you've already said, they only had three. Yeah. Um, so 1989, Born This Way, Let's Dance, number 23. Okay. I just can't keep up with it. It's really fast paced and i'm like how are they singing that fast the only downside it's got a long intro at the beginning but it was a good start to the week okay 1989 got to keep on with edwin Starr. got to number 17. okay again this one's really fast paced um and like i said they've got the good beats in it but they sound similar to one another so there's not much difference between these two first songs okay and in 1989 come on and get some number 42 oh this was my favorite one oh there's a surprise Um, you always seem to like the ones (laughs) that haven't i like the underdog apparently or the the black sheep um it's got a uh i like the chorus can understand them more, and the beat is slightly different from the others that it kind of stuck out to me a bit more. So this one I just liked. It's like slower pace as well, so I could really hear the lyrics. So it stuck with me more. Okay. 
Moving on then to Cold Cut. Who we have mentioned. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned Cold Cut when we spoke about Beatmasters. Because as I say, I think it was Cold Cut that were like a rival of Beatmasters. Right, okay. okay. I don't remember them being mentioned, but I do remember okay. Beatmasters. Yeah. Um, but with Cold Cut, um, it, there's another insight to dance moves when watching the videos. So I, I went with hip hop again, but these ones have a bit more programmed sounds in their songs. So I also went with a bit of electro pop. Um, I think they're a foursome. You don't see them much in videos, to be fair. Um, again, didn't have that many songs to go by. But yeah, these ones are a bit weird. Like some of them, some of the songs are a bit like, mm, okay. Or when I have seen them in videos, there's a few odd things which I've not written down. And they're like a disc scratch as well. Uh huh. But yeah, it's quite hard when there's not many. Okay. So, Cold Cut. Oh, um, when where do you think they're from? Or oh, I want to go. I want to say the UK. I'm not as a hundred percent with the others, like other like cooking crew on Londoners. I think these are UK as well. Okay, so Cold Cut are Matt Black and Jonathan Moore. They were formed in 1986, London. Oh, okay, these are London as well. Yeah, and their music is electronic, house, and hip hop. Why haven't I put house? I've been in my head. I'm like, out house is very nineties. I didn't think I. No, I did think about house, but I'm not put it down for any of them. But no, you got electronic and you got the hip hop. Yeah, yeah, I did. To be fair. So Cold Cut are actually credited as the pioneers of pop sampling in the late 1980s and also the start of the UK electronic dance music, which is okay. what I suppose electronic. So we went from, from, from synth pop in the 80s to electronic dance in the 90s. Yeah. It started in the 80s, late 80s, and I was, I was yeah, Cold okay. Cut were that. Where the start that of that. Is. Um, Cold Cut introduced Yaz. And Lisa Stansfield. They all also remixed tracks by the likes of Eurythmics, In Excess, right. and Blondie. Oh, okay. We've spoken about already, all three of those. Yeah, we have. Old Cut are also the founders of their own record label, Ninja Tune, um, oh, an okay. independent label that is still going today. I don't know if they're the owners of it, because as I say, it said. They were the founders, so it makes me wonder whether right. they sold it on. But it is still going, right. so I looked it up. Okay, so they're, they're probably getting something out of it either way. Yeah, so they're, they're very much like um, Beatmasters. They're, they're producers as well as... Um, yeah, they've kind of moved on a bit. Yeah. Um, so Black was a computer programmer, hence the sampling and mixing. And Moore right. was an ex-art teacher, but who was also DJing on Pirate Radio, hosting oh. the Meltdown show on Kiss FM before Kiss FM. Oh, Kiss. Yeah, but back then it was a pirate radio, and now it's actually a mainstream 
Is a pirate radio not it's illegal? On it's on license, I think. Is right. Okay. Um. So um, they both. Oh, oh, sorry. Moore worked in the Reckless Record Store in Berwick Street, London, where Black was a customer, and that's obviously how they met. Right. So Black then joined Kiss FM himself with yeah. his own mix space show. And then the pair eventually joined forces on their own show, Solid Still. Oh, OK. So they've just met. Um, and that happened in 1987. Bearing in mind, Cold Cut, I've already said, was formed in 1986. So they were already working together. Oh, before, before actually forming anything. So they went. So this group actually it just shows you their background and where they where they evolved from because even yeah. though they got together in 1986 yeah um they actually i suppose evolved um with regards to sampling that from working together um yeah. in, in a ra on a radio show oh, really? so totally different to any the other people we've come across yeah i was gonna say i guess maybe that makes them different in the sense of how they evolve as a group because they're already used to working with each other anyway yeah um so the electric show um became a force in the underground experimental electronic music scene okay a, a mouthful so i suppose just a tad they they were experimenting with the electronic side of it of mixing through their skills from being DJs. Yeah. Is how I've looked at it and so made it out. So, yeah, um, no, that's what I would get from it as well. So then the duo adopted the name Cold Cut and set up a record label called Ahead of Our Time. So they Oh. They, they set up a so I've already said about how they um had a um, had a Ninja record. One one called ninja time tune um but they yeah. had one before that um because called ahead of our time um oh. which was to they, they set that up to release the single beats and pieces in 1987 which used sampling from led zeppelin to james brown so you've gone from one oh. um and they were now um what I'm telling you is, I'm sure whether any listeners are know if we've got any, um, what what this means. Because, but evidently they were sampling by assembling use or by using cassette pause button edits means nothing to me if I'm really honest. So they're obviously right. doing a bit, pausing it, cutting yeah. it, and then whatever. But then it says and spliced tape edits. So. There is oh. two kind of edits, pause button and splice tape. Means nothing to me, but it's just to explain what they were doing and how they done it. Um, and the Chemical Brothers, who were obviously a 90s group, um, yes. they've That's described good. Beats and Pieces as the first big beat record, a style which became popular in the mid-1990s. Oh, so there you go. So, so not only were they pioneers for sampling music, they were also um, people that groups in the 90s then copied or, you know, took them. Um, 
like took inspiration of... from with yeah. regards to their, their music of beats or their single beats and pieces, which I'm sure you'll, I, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it, beats and pieces. No, I haven't. Um, it's actually, as you'll find out in a minute, it's not from the 80s. It's, it obviously does sit in well with the 90s. Um, mm. But we'll see where it got to, because what I'm about to tell you is they had two top 20 singles. They had one top 20 album, which was 1989's What's That Noise, that got to number 20. Okay. I've got one question to ask you. Yeah. You've called them a duo, and they're two men. But in one or two of the videos, there's a woman. Yes, because as I just said, they featured or introduced Yaz and Lisa Stansfield. Right, that's them. Okay, okay. That okay, so um, really both care. of those are, I mean, when we, when we, we've got to do the men's soloist first, but um, when we get to the women's soloist, you'll hear about Lisa Stansfield. Right, um, okay. And later on in this series, you'll hear about Yaz and the Plastic Population. But okay. they were first introduced to us by Cold Cut. Right, and so later they kind on, of you'll find out about another, there's another group that introduces another female soloist who went on to do bigger things as a soloist, which you'll hear about later on. So I think I know because that they're is. not because they're not singers themselves; they're producers, mixers, DJs, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, they, they kind use, of they introduce the one, other yeah. people to do the the singing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so Yaz were introduced. Through cold cut, Lisa Stansfield right. was introduced through cold cut, and we will speak about them now as I go through the singles. So, nineteen eighty eight, Doctor in the House, which featured Yaz and the Plastic Population, that got to number six. Okay, so that one it just went straight into singing. Um, it's got some weird background noises in it though, and there's disc disc scratching. But it's got a really catchy chorus. I really enjoyed the chorus and just the sound of the voice and the lyrics and all of that part. Okay. Then we come on to 1988's Stop This Crazy Thing featuring Junior Reed. That got to number 21. Now, this makes sense. Now I know who these people are. It makes sense with like their songs. Like They're more about the beats and the sounds rather than the lyrics and the vocals so that's what i got out of this one that it's more about all of that which makes sense because that is what they are rather than the singers but that's what this one was there was less vocals to it more the beats okay um 1989 people hold on featuring lisa stansfield that got to number 11. okay this was my favorite I recognise the chorus a bit. It's a nice upbeat one. And um, like this was the second one that I was like, okay, they've got a woman in this group. Um, so I, I just must like her voice, like Lisa's voice um, over anyone else. But yeah, it was a more me song, I'd say. Less focus on the beats and the music. And then, so that was 1989 when the right. next single that was a hit, at least. 1997. Whoa! More beats and pieces. Yeah. Number 37. Now I'm guessing there was a 
beats and pieces because uh, this says more beats and pieces ah so yeah um, there must have been a beats so and pieces. i think there was one in between that obviously wasn't so good um yes beats and pieces was 1987 um okay. which was just on an album never released oh that so is that is what be. that is obviously what the um chemical brothers talk about yeah and then when that music became um popular in the mid 90s yeah they released what they called more beats and pieces now obviously without listening to the two i don't know what the difference is and or whether there is a difference but obviously they didn't release or it, it, it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a chart it was released but it didn't do anything um when they released it in 1987 but then when the music was more popular they then released it as a single as called as i say more beats and pieces they were kind of able to evolve 37 so they were ahead of their time and hence they they are credited as the pioneers the pioneers yeah and obviously the start they were the start of the uk electronic dance music yeah. Well, more beats and pieces for me was just sound and very long. Well, the Chemical Brothers liked it. And obviously other music people of the 90s, late 90s, mid 90s, when the big beat, as they called it, style um, was popular. The, the fact that it, they were taking that from a song that was 10 years before that. So good for them. Good for them. Yes. Okay, moving on then. Um, I'm feeling this week's not going out well at the moment. Um, just, just my own thoughts. Um, moving on to Mars. Mars felt very like it's not like spelled like Mars. It's M forward slash between every blooming letter. That was hard to find to begin with. Um, I've gone for electro pop with these. Just electro pop. There's not much to to these. Like I've only got two two songs all together i didn't get a chance to listen to more but going off the two songs that i do have i can't see how much different because like that the songs could have been because if these have got in the charts then if they had any other songs they're going to be worse i'm assuming so yeah i don't know what else they have but i, I didn't get around to it i would have but i don't know if i'm missing anything really um there were no videos for them so i can't really tell you what they look like or how many of them there are it was quite difficult with this group to get anything from them okay so mars are now listen carefully right see if you can work anything out okay martin young okay alex ayuli right Rudy Tambala. Yeah. Russell Smith. Yeah. And Steve Young. Yeah, so it's their initials, isn't it? So they were formed in 1987, London, and they are dance stroke hip house. No I'm intrigued by what hip house is because I've never heard of hip hop. I've heard of house, not heard of hip house. So, yeah. So, Mars was a collaboration between two groups. A.R. Right. Kane, 
um, Ioli, Tambala, and Smith, right. and Colorbot, the young, which are the young brothers, Martin and Steve. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Mars is an acronym from the four names of the group members, as you worked out after I'd put it to you. Um, yeah. So the problem was they were a collaboration who come together and thought we'd use both of us to make a record. Yeah. Um, however, instead of working together, the two groups ended up recording a track each with additional input from DJs Chris McIntosh and Dave Durrell. Um, right. So, Anitina, or however you want to say it, Anitina. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I went with that when I was. Um, that was an AR Kane track with the drum programming from Steve Young. So it was right. AR Kane, but the collaboration was that Steve Young done some drum programming in this in the track. While okay. Pump Up the Volume was a Martin Young track um, constructed of samples, and he also introduced one of A.R. Kane's guitars into the track. Okay. So it was all, so as you can see, again, we're going into the sampling side of things and mixing yeah. and all that. Okay? Yeah. Um, so the record was released as a double A-side. Oh. To obviously um, keep both groups happy, I suppose, as they hadn't yeah. actually worked together as original plan was. They actually worked on two different songs with a bit of input yeah. of both. Right. Um, so Pump Up the Volume was the one that was gaining considerable airtime. And yeah. the attention saw it became number one in Canada, the Netherlands and New Zealand, as well as a top 10 hit in several other countries. Okay. In the UK chart, a note was added that Anatina was listed at the record company's request, although it didn't have significant evidence of consumer interest in the track. So even though it was a double no, A, so even though it's double A, right? The um, Gallup or whoever runs the the chart, yeah, they put a note in to say that it was classed as a double A, although them, but because of the the it was a request from the record label, although mm. the the sales data or the you know the the consumer evidence wherever what was happening, um, yeah. They were mainly talking about pump up the volume and there was from what the they could see it wasn't nothing to do with an any anatina so, okay um, so yeah so it's not so, like that one was a flop no so um mm. in september 1987 bear in mind they got together in 1987 at some time, I don't know when, but by September 1987, so after both of these had, but both the double A track had gone out, Mars announced that they would not be issuing a follow up single. Mm. So you wouldn't have been able to find anything else anyway. This is all they'd done. Oh. So Colorbox never ever reformed, even though they were brothers, they never reformed. Right. Um, while A. A.R. Kane 
continued until 1994. Right, okay. Um, and then unfortunately, Steve Young of Mars Stroke Colorbox, who's right. a brother of Martin, he yeah. died in July 2016. Oh. So Mars are seen as a one-hit wonder of rare influence. So even though it's only one hit, it's a big influence it's a bit, because of the sampling yeah, and that again, a, and obviously using the drum machine programming and yeah. that, which is more from the Young Brothers, more so than the AR Kane. And pump up the volume was obviously more from the Young Brothers as well. So yeah, um, Artina was more because of the drum programming, which was Steve Young, and yeah. obviously pump up the volume was pretty much all of it was to do with Martin Young. So yes. Okay. So it's a double aid side. Yeah. 1987. Pump up the volume. Anatina, the first time I see she dance, which is the full title. Mm-hmm. I said there was three number ones. Oh. Two of them are here because it's classed as a double A. Got to number one. Not classed as two. Well, pump up the volume. Hang on. Pump up the volume. Got to number one. Yeah. And Athena. Got to number one. But it's a double A side. So don't they get released together? And it's one chart. If you taught me anything, Dad. What I'm trying to say is you listen to two songs. They were both yeah. number one. Okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but where I'm coming from. One of them but would have been only one number one, as in as far as the charts go. But as yeah. far as the songs go, you've listened to two songs yeah. that were number one. Okay, yeah, that's true. Well, so Pump Up the Volume was yep. a bit of noise, to be honest. Good beat, not much to it. And then I heard a bit of a Bollywood sound in there, you know, with them messing around with noises. And then Anatina was a good beat. It's got minimal vocals, but it gives better vibes than the other songs. So Anatina was my favourite out of the two. Okay. So you preferred the one that the well, record really. late, that the, the <laughs> charts put a note against it to say it was only listed at the record company's request as they had no significant interest of your consumer interest in it. And I've just found however many years later the one person that was bought that record <laughs> for the others for, for anatina rather than pump up the volume yeah that would have been me like the, if you knew the hype at the time behind pump up the volume it was unbelievable it was, yeah but then i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have enjoyed it i think it was number one for two weeks and it was you know it's all people heard and it was i suppose I'm guessing, I might be wrong here, if any mind we're talking 1987, it was probably the first sort of house music that got to number one at that time. Probably. Pump up the volume, just it's not me. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, I'd say it was the first number one house music, pump up the volume. It was, you yeah, know, probably. definitely the first sampling music. But yeah, I preferred um, Anatina over Pump Up the Bottom. Wow, well, you were the one. So there we have it. All these years later, what? 
I do one die in that one. Forty odd years, forty plus years later. Yeah. Uh, you can find out that someone actually prefers Anatina, which if any no one in the eighties probably would even I will be honest, until I was writing this up, I've never you heard You didn't really. I wouldn't have known it was a double I mean I never didn't go out and buy pump up the volume, even though I knew Really? Um, I've got a, I've got it on an album, so I did buy a house music album, but I didn't right. want to buy Pump Up the Volume. Well, I don't think I did. Oh, I'll have to have a look at my record collection now. But you're not I, a house music person. I, 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 yeah, I've got a house album. I did like. So, I mean, the one of the groups we're we're going to talk about later. I I really liked. Um, but, um, Pump Up the Volume, as I say, it was a big song and I, I think you know it's because it was the start of the house music it got you know it it was big right. um and it i would say it was looking at the other big hits from this genre it was i would say yeah the, the the first big hit um but no one would have known even people that probably even bought the record didn't realize it's a double a or that they probably did at the time but they probably have forgotten about it now if you said if and you talk to anyone yeah. about pump up the volume they'd be able to pump up the volume pump up the volume e, e, do, 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 do. they'd know it yeah yeah i haven't listened to it i still know it you yeah. asked me to sing anatina i bet half the people that bought the record didn't even play it they just kept playing that it's just got a bit more something to it ah well there we go. Everyone's opinion, and it's good. Forty years. I on. like being the outsider. Oh. You should know this by now. Okay, we'll move on to inner city. Yes. So these, there's a lot more songs for one. Um, I've gone with synth pop, hip hop, R and B. Something along those lines. I recognise some of their music. Singing is a lot more present compared to the other bands that I've had so far. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of focus on the singer. Um, like it, it could come across in videos because there's so much focus that you could think that it's a solo artist. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they kept it simple. Videos are very elegant, show close-ups. And I want to say they're a small group. Um, one thing that I noticed about their song was as they went through, towards the end, like we're saying, like maybe the last three, maybe last four, they went more gospel, but not gospel. I don't know how to explain it. Church-like, maybe. I don't know but more like preachy, what I heard. Like they went from like fun music to more serious about something music. But it was nice to have more than like just a handful of songs. Okay. So Inner City. Um, yeah. Now, when I looked on it, they had a few members, but it seems like they oh. changed around. Okay. Um, and I'll mention one of the members a bit later in relationship and that. But the main members, or at least when they formed, were Kevin Saunderson, Paris Gray, and Anne Saunderson. 
So they were formed in 1987. Any ideas where they're from? Oh, I didn't think about it for these ones, okay. but I was edging. If I was to think right now, I'd edge more to America. So, yes, yeah, Detroit, Michigan, yeah. US. Okay, right. Their music was classed as, now, this is a weird one, Detroit Techno. Now, they're probably the only people Ooh. from Detroit. They were techno- I mean, you, yeah, you can't really. Techno, so. Um, yeah. House and electronic. Okay, well off. I mean, synth pop. Mm, no, I'm off. I didn't get it at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> inner City topped the US Billboard dance chart five times. Okay. And had nine top 40 UK hits. Nine? Nine top 40 UK hits. I didn't have nine. I didn't think I had nine, so I was going to be shocked then. I do have nine. <laughs> you have got nine. I was going to say, you had me going. Then I just yeah. start looking then. But yes, yeah, so five of their chart, their, their hits, were number one in the Billboard dance chart. I was going to say, when you say you're their top in it, is that a number yeah. one? Yeah, so, that's um, really good. Yeah. You can tell these are a lot bigger than the previous groups that I've had so far. Uh-huh. So um, as far as their number ones go in the U.S. dance, remember this is yeah. Big Fun, Good Life, right. yeah. Ain't Nobody Better, Do You Love What You Feel, and Pennies from Heaven. With Follow Your Heart getting to number two, which wasn't even released over here. It's just a dance. It only was released in the U.S. dance chart. Um, that was in right. 1992. And What You Gonna Do With My Loving got to number eight. Oh, and Do Ya in 1994 got to number five. Which you didn't have. It just missed out on the UK chart, number 44. Oh, okay. So even the ones that didn't get to number one in the dance chart still hit high over the America. Yeah. So... The music videos for their songs received significant airplay throughout the world. Their sound of a hybrid techno, jazz and swing beat with a soulful sound influenced soul to soul and 90s trip hop group Massive Attack. Who obviously you haven't heard of and you won't in this because they're 90s, but Massive Attack were quite a part of the scene in that 90s obviously hip hop hip house as it got more bigger in the 90s massive attack were one of the leading i suppose groups of that time um as i say they were called a trip hop group and soul to soul obviously were also they were you will hear of them they were late 80s 89 and obviously went into the early 90s so they were influenced by inner city Okay. Um, so I mean, they were like one of the big ones compared to what I've had this week. So, yeah. So, Anne, who's English, she met Kevin in London and they right. soon married and moved to the US, which is obviously where Kevin was from, Detroit. Um, and her most known inner city collaboration was on the group's hit Pennies from Heaven. 
Okay. So, in 2017, their youngest son, Danitez, Danitez, D-A-N-I-T-Z, joined the group. So, Okay, they were so four in 1987, and then in 2017, yeah. was that 40 years later? Yeah. Um, their youngest son joined the group. Oh. So it's kind of stayed within the family then, isn't it? Yeah. So I wouldn't have listened to any of... So it's what, no, sorry, it's 30 so years, not 40 years, 30 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't have listened to any songs with him in it. No, no, they would have, that would have been mainly. That, that's way too recent, yeah. isn't it? Um, so Kevin has since said that Inner City came about by accident when in 1987 he recorded a backing track in his home studio but needed lyrics and a female vocalist. His okay. friend, a Chicago house producer, Terry Baldwin, known as the housemaster suggested Ooh. paris gray she agreed flew to detroit came up with the lyrics uh, for big fun and the rest is history so it oh started off with just kevin and paris making kevin then got married and obviously Anne then joined and as i say she mainly was known for her collaboration in pennies from heaven which was a bit right. later on so the yeah, earlier yeah. stuff would have been just Kevin and Paris. Then Anne come into it a bit later on in the more, more in the 1990s than the 80s, as you will find out in a minute. Yeah. So they had four top 20, uh, sorry, four top 10 singles. Ooh, and they had one be. top 10 album, which was 1989's Paradise at number three. Yeah. So you can see now. Whereas up till now the albums haven't been that good, so people have liked no. one song, but they haven't they haven't actually liked had them enough to, to want to go album. and buy a hip hop yeah. hip hop house kind of music album. Yeah. Whereas we're now talking of an album that got to number three in the chart of this music, and they're not even and they're not even they're, British. They're, 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 they're American. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So regarding their hits which obviously would have spurred this album on. 1988, Big Fun got to number eight. Okay. Recognised it a tad. Really fun, the song. Was a good start to them as a group, I think. Uh-huh. 1988, Good Life, number four. Okay. Again, I feel like I recognise this one. It's a feel-good song. It's got a very repetitive chorus, which some don't like, but I think because of how it makes you feel, it weren't that bad. Well, I'll tell you how good it was. So that was 1988, it got to number four. Yeah. It was re-released in 1999, and it still Ooh. got into the top ten at number ten. Oh, okay, so people really liked that one then. Yeah, so, okay. you know, it stood the test of time. And Definitely. got in the top 10 on both releases in two different yeah. decades. Yeah. Um, 1989, Ain't Nobody Better, number 10. 
Okay, it had a really good sound. And what I liked most about this one is they played around with the vocals and they kind of overlapped each other. So that sounded good and different from what I've been having this week. Okay. 1989, Do You Love What You Feel? Number 16. Okay, it was an upbeat one. They just, like, you know, got you moving, but it was a bit too repetitive. Like, okay. it just kind of sung the same thing over and over. Uh-huh. 1989, What You're Gonna Do With My Loving, number 12. Okay, this one stripped it back a bit and had a focus on the vocals. Slowed down as well, so it weren't as, like, upbeat, but I liked the focus on the vocals. They have a good voice. Okay. 1990, That Man, He's All Mine, number 42. Oh my god, this was my favourite. <laughs> I put money on it. Oh. <laughs> this was my favourite. It's got a really good beat and the lyrics are really catchy. Like, I don't know, it's just got a bit more body to it. It's not as focused on like the sounds that I've been having. It, you know, like a proper song that I would enjoy. So, yeah, that was my favourite. <laughs> Wow. Um, 1992, Hallelujah 92, got to number 22. Okay. This is where I thought it went a bit gospel, but I don't know whether gospel is the right word. It just, like, sounded a bit preachy, like, that they changed what they were singing about. As okay. Personally. Yeah. That's all I could um, really Okay. 1992 still, Pennies from Heaven, number 24. Okay, it's got a good beat. Sticking with the, like, preachiness, it's just not as lyrical. So it's more focused on the sounds from them than anything. Okay. And then 1996, Your Love, number 28. Okay, this probably was my least favourite. It's just got a heavy beat, constantly in it throughout the whole song and I just can't get rid of that sound it's a bit of an annoying sound okay so obviously I said at the beginning they had what was it nine top 40 hits yeah and you hang on yeah but you're I had nine songs yeah and one of them got to number one of them my favorite was out of the so where's the other one then good life got into the top 40 twice remember or in the top 10 Twice. Ah, so you're including so that, right? As, well, I'm not. That they are. They're it it they is class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are. I mean, you were talking there over ten years apart. So yeah. So yeah, but yeah. So just so you know, for those that listened and went, hang on, that was number forty-two. Yeah. Remember good life. That didn't. That didn't clock until you twice. reminded me. Yes. Oh. Okay. Moving on then to S Express. Yeah. I have gone with hip-hop, synth-pop. Knowing how this week's going, they're probably a bit of house as well. They use a lot of beats. They've definitely moved forward from how the programme music was. So, yes, I put them as synth-pop, but they've definitely got an element of that in there. So, even if they're not in that genre... 
they've got an element because even in a video I saw women kind of playing like it was tiny, like a tiny size synthesizer. But there was there was definitely something. Um, they like they like to play around with graphics in the video, a lot of like animation, um, like colours and just the way that fit. Like I don't know, like screensavery type looking animation going across the screen. Um, I think they've got two vocalists. And I think they're quite a large group, but they're not exactly the world's best instrument players. And again, it's more of a look into dancing with the videos. So I've quite enjoyed seeing the style of dancing, you know, like the early street dance um, to like, you know, like the hip. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know dance genres, but street dance but there's like something like bop okay. hip bop don't know but anyway yeah you know what i'm all about it's been nice seeing that in videos okay so s express is mainly mark moore but they also right. pascal gabriel was probably another part of it but there was others as well which i'll go into but the main one was mark moore and to right. a less degree pascal gabriel they were formed in 1988 in london and oh, they are right. house nothing more oh. nothing less house music well i'm not doing very well with the genre this week i should have just stuck to house when i first thought of it when i was like listening to it but i didn't think that was like this at this period of time so as i say the main player in the group was mark moore who was a right. DJ and producer and that's what you find in this year there this year this this episode it's they're mainly yeah. DJs or producers. Yeah, who, to make you know, the um, sound or anything. The person, the, the, uh, the, who was it? The, who was the DJ? I can't remember now. Someone else was a DJ earlier when we said about them. Um, um, cold, no. Um, was it Cold Cut? Cold um, Cut. Cold Cut, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, but no, uh, yeah. That's it, because they had their own show on Kiss FM. Yeah, so you can see, yeah. and, they, and there was also a computer programmer. And that's where also, so Mark Moore, he was a DJ and a producer um, right. who, along with Pascal Gabriel, formed S Express. Their debut right. album, Original Soundtrack, is what it was called, featured a lineup of Moore, Gabriel, Jakarta, Mark D, Linda Love, and Michelle. So as you can see, there's more than, but they were the main two players, as I say, or the main. Right. Okay. Player. The album consisted of slightly longer versions of S Express theme, its follow-up Superfly Guy, and a cover version of the Sly and the Family Stones' Hey Music Lover. Okay. So they obviously mix things that so made it much longer because obviously. Yeah. You're limited to the length on a single. Yeah, it has to be, I think, under five minutes to be get it to get radio play. Um, so you're limited. Whereas on an album, you can have you an can, extended uh, version, which is probably oh, yeah. heard of them before. Extended versions. Yes, the definitely. The second album, Intercourse, was reduced to just a duo of Moore and new vocalist DJ Sonic. So as you can see, Moore is the main stay of, so he formed it and he was also still there when it, it was a completely new lineup. Right. 
Although that it was not as successful as its debut, the album did spawn several mid-charting singles, including Nothing to Lose. S Express were then disbanded by Moore in 1994. Oh, so... Short-lived, in a sense. Uh, yeah. But two albums. So house music's really moved on now because we're getting more than one album. Um, yeah. We've had a, you know, it's doing well. And as you'll find out, you know, so they had three top 10 singles. Yeah. And they had one top 10 album, which was 1989's original soundtrack at number five. Okay. All right. So they kind of they've done something with what they've yeah with what so, they've got. Let's see how they've done in the charts. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-eight theme from S Express. S Express. It's probably up there with Pump Up the Volume. Oh, okay. Pump Up the Volume got to number one. Let's see how S Express did. It also got to number one. What? S Express, or the theme from S Express, because they were the group. You're having me on. Got to number one in 19. You're having me on. And then they re released it as the the theme from S Express, The Return Trip, in 1996, and it got to number 14. That was the number one. Yeah. S Express. You gotta think it's what what you you're looking at it now. You gotta think of the 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 people that were buying records and what they liked and house music was coming into its it was new, it was exciting, it was oh. different, and people liked it. I loved S Express. Absolutely Thank loved you. S Express. Oh yes. I right, okay. They had some good songs, but this one to be a number one. Who's the theme tune type song? It's the th- no. When they say theme tune, it's the theme from S Express. So in other words, they called it the theme, and it's from S Express, which is the group. But then they they sing their their group name, so it's a theme tune basically. Yes, it's, it's well, just more noise than anything. Theme. <laughs> it's just more noise than anything. It didn't hit with me at all. Oh, it's a brilliant song. But then, like, Pump Up the Volume, that, it was different. It was new. It was what people going to nightclubs and listening to. And, you know, it's a bit like the next one we're going to find out later on from someone else. It was just, at that time, what people were really into. So, number one. They got the other number one. That's your three number ones. Nothing from Salt and Pepper. It was... Two from Mars, and they only released one single, and they got two songs that got to number one in a sense. It's double A and S Express with theme from S Express. They were your three number ones this week. Um, 1988 Superfly Guy that also got into the top five, that got to number five. Okay, it's repetitive, got a good beat. Okay, not bad. 1989, as I say, it was a cover of um, Sly and the Family Stones. Um, so their their song, Hit Hey Music Lover, got to number six. That was my favourite. It's a bit annoying that now it's a cover. But it was but it fun been a sound. Cover. I'm sure if you listen to 
the story and the music stone, family stones is going to be totally different to probably what this was what genre it is so yeah that's true but it was really fun sounding catchy chorus it was easy for me to listen to okay um 1989 mantra for a state of mind number 21 okay it was upbeat but also not upbeat it's hard to explain but i think like you know like what mantra is anyway and like a calming and whatnot it kind of like it went upbeat and then it kind of had its relaxed part and i did put was there a change in the group at this point but obviously knowing what the group is it's not exactly like there was a change well there was um, i've just i've already said yeah, the second album intercourse was re- reduced to a, just a duo of more and new vocalist oh, yeah. sonic well was this at this point then um not as successful as its debut album it did spawn several mid-charting singles including nothing to lose um it doesn't say about oh okay it. And so also, it, depends what, uh, it oh, well. depends what um album mantra for a state of mind come off yeah um, okay i'm guessing that 1990 was probably the the, 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 the change the change so yeah it probably was okay. on the first one maybe okay so maybe not then um, so 1990, nothing to lose, got to number 32. Okay, that was a good one. It was upbeat and catchy, you know, a bit like Hey Music Lover. It was down that route. I enjoyed that one. Okay. And then 1991, find them, fool them, forget them, number 43. Okay, yeah, I weren't a fan of this one. There weren't much to it. Like it was just kind of a bit repetitive, had a good beat in the background, but it it weren't like engaging. Okay. Moving on then to D Mob. Yeah. What did you think? I've gone with rap and hip hop. There's probably house in there again. I think they're definitely a group, not a band, and I think they're a duo. Um, there's not much from the videos, like you don't really see much of them, or they've not got videos, which is weird considering the 80s were the big on their videos. I've realised since doing this series, there's less videos. Odd. Um, and you know, you were saying about Lisa Stanfield and how there's someone else later on. Yeah. Is it Kathy Dennis? From it is indeed. Yes. Yeah. So Kathy Dennis went on to be quite big um yeah end of the 80s probably more 90s bit like lisa stansfield but she was introduced by d-mob yes i thought so because she appears in two songs yes she appears in two songs um and it just seemed like they were kind of helping her get that stepping stone into her career yes okay so d-mob is dancing danny d Otherwise known as Daniel Kojo Poku. That's his real name. And he's known as Dancing Danny D. Right. So it's just like a soloist then? Well, no, it's so it's not a soloist though, is it? Because he had other pieces. So again, he's like the producer. So I'll explain it. So they were formed in 1988, or at least that's when Danny D started making music, I suppose. Um, right. In Stoke-on-Trent, not far from yourself. No, not far at all. Um. So he's, um, they're classed as, or he's classed as Hip House, Dance Pop, and Acid House. Hey, that's plays the first song. So, um, 
Danny D is a British music producer and remixer who wrote and produced songs which featured guest vocalists, including Gary Hazeman and Kathy Dennis. I didn't really notice anyone. No one else really stood out. But I think Kathy Dennis was mentioned by name within a, like, it like said the song and then her name. I didn't really notice anyone else. So Danny D was signed to the FFRR, who we've already had with the Cookie Crew. Yes, with the Crew. Record label. We call it Acid. Was removed from the BBC playlist as they felt the song was condoning drug use, although Danny himself does not smoke, drink, or take drugs. The video was played on top of the pop with host Steve Wright introducing the track in a smiley-faced T-shirt, which was associated with Acid House scene. with the ah. yellow smiley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D-Mob's third single, Come On and Get My Love, introduced Kathy Dennis, who would go on to be a soloist and have a top ten single herself. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's yeah, not much yeah. more else about D-Mob, if I'm really well, honest. Well, because he was, like, one producer just and, had... Well, I say short-lived. Obviously, they had a bit of success while that, in that time, but he... It, I, I guess, it, I guess he was more helping the road people. In yeah, yeah. Careers. So very much yeah, like, yeah. as I say, Cold Cut, Beatmasters, you know. Yeah. Um, that sort of background yeah and i suppose you could look at it as i know they're a bit different but clean bandit of today because they have singers with them don't they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. An, an ideal but then a lot of people are nowadays people like that are djs or something that then have people which is what this was so like david getter calvin harris that type of uh-huh. yeah that's what you're thinking as well yeah yeah but so maybe ahead of his time yeah. And maybe he was with people, helped them into their career, and then they kind of forgot about him in a sense, forgot where they came from. I don't know. Or it was just that the acid house scene moved. It, well, yeah, that's true. That could also be a thing, couldn't it? No. So three top ten singles. Right. We know there's no number one. Yeah. So 1988, we call it Acid, which was, I suppose, again, another song at that time, which... Obviously, it gained a lot of publicity because of what it was yeah. singing about. Yeah. Um, but also, like Pump Up the Volume and Thing from S Express, it was just a song that no one had ever heard before. It was mm. something different. And that's what you yeah. got to think of. You know, it's going back in that time where suddenly this new music, you know, I think, you, you know, I suppose we've come out from the from the 70s into the 80s. We come from this disco with the Bee Gees and Blondie yeah. and all that sort of, you know, ABBA. We've gone into what was new at the time with synth pop, you know, with the cars mm-hmm. and OMD. Oh, sorry, not the cars, the Gary Newman, the car, the, the song cars, um, OMD, um, and all you know, video killed the boot buggles with video killed the radio stuff, you know, all that ultravox, you know, yeah, all that music that was totally different. We've now got to the end of the 80s and we've got this new rap house music that again is totally different to anyone's ever listened to before no it was mm. never ever around in the 60s the 50s 60s 70s it's never been around 
you know, so the 80s yeah, really so was... how is it going to take? So the late 70s, take. 80s was the start of synth-pop, which, you know, electro-pop and that had never... We never had electronic music, really. Mm-hmm. And now we get to the end of the 80s and we've got this rap, hip-hop, house music, which, again, it, no no one had ever heard of it. Now, so just got and roll with it and why... The, that music genre did so well because it was different. It was new. Yeah. It was exciting. And it's yeah. what people were listening to. The people that were buying records, you know, it wasn't the people that would have bought the Beatles. They're now much an older generation. The people that are buying these are the people that are going to the nightclubs and dancing. And, yeah, they were probably having acid pills and all that. So they, yeah. they, yeah. they recognise that this music and it was also catered for them mm. so so yeah so we call it acid featuring gary hazeman got to number three hey well the first thing i said talking about acid and the scene and everything the first thing that i said about it was it's a bit weird to be singing about acid um it's just a bit of noise in my opinion that first one uh, they're not really singing okay I got to number three. 1989, Is It Time to Get Funky, featuring LRS, got to number nine. Okay, this was a very head-bopping song, and I put that it's hitting on the early rap. So wait, it weren't a bad one. It got, you know, head-bopping, it gets there with me, but, you know, for the genre and what they were doing, it weren't that bad. Okay, 1989. Come on and get my love. Introducing Kathy Dennis. Got to number 15. So because this one was introducing Kathy Dennis, me not knowing who D-Mob were, so me thinking it was a group and she like featured on this group's song, um, like not knowing that in the previous ones there were people on it that, do do you know what I mean? Yeah. I put catchy chorus, but not much from D-Mob. I feel like it's helping Kathy Dennis's career. So that's just what I thought of that one. It kind of threw me off. I was kind of like, mm, not really liking this one. Uh-huh. Because obviously, in all of hearing D-Mob, he's just the person behind it all and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. But that one really stood out to me. But I think it's because it said introducing her. Uh-huh. So, like, I was really aware of it. Okay. 1990. Put your hands together, number seven. Hey, this one had good lyrics. It was oh, more right. singing than the music. Uh-huh. Okay, so 1994, why? Again, this was now with Kathy Dennis, because she's now made a name uh-huh. for herself. Um, and that got to number 23. Okay. I really like her voice. Um, good mix-up from rap and singing. Um, and I just really like the lyrics. Like it's it's a good song. And lastly, nineteen ninety four, one day, number forty one. This was my favourite. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> Why do we even bother? This was my favourite. Um, I put different vocalists, but obviously in the whole thing, there's been different vocalists and whatnot. Yeah. He has a really beautiful voice, and this song stood out to me. It was nearly why. Why was nearly my favourite, but then one day came along and I was like, do you know what? I enjoyed this one. Well, both um, Put Your Hands Together and One Day. 
doesn't feature anyone. So I think, and I might be wrong, but I think it may well be Dancing Danny D, who is the... Oh, well, they go glad I picked one that is him then. So, yeah. So, I'm only saying that because it doesn't... You're not 100%. I'm not... Yeah. 100% 100% whether he was a, a singer, um, okay. but there isn't, it doesn't say that it's featuring a singer. So, right, okay. There we go. Well, uh, okay. I like it. So, that was DMOP. Um, yes. Moving on into the last group this week Salt and Pepper. Yes. So, a lot of these were my big bulk of the week and um, had the most songs for these. I went for hip hop and rap, probably wrong. Um, girls rapping brings a bit new to the genre. It was like we kind of went full circle from Cookie Crew to girls. Um, and also the name, I'm going out here. I think it's nicknames. So in some of the videos, it'll be like, yo, salt. And then they say a thing. And then we have two girls, because there's two of them. And then there's a few, like I want to say there's four to five people all together, but the two main people are the two girls. Um, they're very I mean business. Um, I was worried about the amount of songs because considering I'd already listened to loads from this type of genre already, I'm not a big fan of this genre, so I was a bit worried. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, they and but you'll find out what I think of them. But they changed their sound a bit towards the end as well. Um, I think they're mixed, a mixed group, like of men and women. Like I've already said, there's about four or five of them. They like to have fun. Um, the women tend to match one another. They're nice and bright and bold. Um, and it seems like the women are the superior. Like, you know, they're actually singing to the metal rapping, I should say, to the men. They're like, this is me. This is what we're going to do. What are you going to do about it kind of thing? Like, I really enjoyed the dynamic of this group. Okay. So Salt and Pepper were Cheryl yeah. James, Salt. Yeah. And Sandra Denton, Pepper, plus yeah. DJ Spinderella. Oh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh, so just three of them. Yeah. So okay. they were formed oh. in 1985 in Queens, New, Ze- New-, New Zealand, New York. Right. Um, Hip hop. Pop rock, dance, pop. Pop rock? wouldn't say that at all. Hip hop, pop rap. Oh, pop, pop rap. Pop rap. Oh, sorry. okay, yeah, that's dance, all I like it. Yeah, not rock. Sorry, definitely not rock. Dance, pop. Uh, hip hop, <laughs> rap. It's like a tongue twister and dance pop. So I'm the group you. were formed by Cheryl and Sandra after they met while both were studying nursing. Um, oh, another co- another co-worker or co-student, Herbie Lovebug Azor, was studying music production at the Centre of Media Art. And he got his then-girlfriend, Cheryl Salt, and yeah. Sandra, her friend, to record him a song. So in a sense, although it was formed by them, it was actually no. on the back of his idea. Um, for a glass project he had to do. So Azor then played the song to his friend Marlon Williams, also known as Marley Marl, a DJ who hosted a weekend rap show 
on a New York City radio station. And the song, The Showstopper, received requests to play it, even though it's a music project. So they're getting requests to play this song that Azorb gave to his mate to, you know, sort of obviously oh, have a listen to this. Yes, that was like it. the, yeah. So, helps to know people. Now, did you listen to The Showstopper? Yes. So, I did. Um, it became so popular that the station received requests to play it. However, it Ooh. wasn't available to buy, as was only a music school assignment. So, so it was only like a demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a demo trap. So yeah. an independent record label, Pop Art Records, stepped in and gave the single an official release. Oh, okay. Wow. So because it was in such popular demand then? Yeah, people were asking to listen to it, and it's like, well, it's just a music, but it's just something we've put together. Yeah. Um, so the show, Showstopper became a modest R&B hit. So really, they are an R&B as well, even though they're not classed as it, because this got into the R&B chart, um, uh-huh. reaching number 46 on the R&B billboard chart, even though they're not classed as R&B. But I thought they were R&B, so they've got an element. Oh, no, I didn't. Well, yeah, but you're listening. I'm about to explain why they're not classed as R&B. Okay. okay, It was under the duo's first group name, Super Nature. Oh, so they've had a change. Right. Not long after, the duo dropped out of nursing school and focused on the group full time. With Azor changing the group's name to Salt and Pepper after the lyric in the showstopper, because we, the Salt and Pepper MCs, that's why I asked you to listen to the showstopper. It's got ah. the, the song. So that is where Salt and Pepper were then born. So the showstopper, although it was released, it was a music assignment, it wasn't even under Salt and Pepper, yeah. it was under Supernature. And yeah. on the back of that, they then focused on the group full time. And then yeah. Azor changed their name to Salt and Pepper, linking yeah. that, the showstopper, to with, them now. Yes, 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 yes. I'm with you. And they got signed to Next Plateau Record. Okay. So Azor felt the group should be a female trio, similar to the male trio of. As I said earlier, you will hear them run the MC. So they wanted to kind of be like their rivals in a sense of. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's who they obviously looked up to. That, that was who inspired them yeah. or inspired yeah. us all anyway. Um, so they recruited 16 year old high school student Deidra Roper, Deidra, D-E-I-D-R-A. Uh, Roper, who became known as DJ Binderella. Wouldn't that just be Deirdre, Dad? Well, it doesn't say, unless I spelt it, unless I copied it wrong. It's, oh, I no, it's a Deirdre, it's an E, not an A. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, um, So, yeah. So, the trio entered the music industry at a time when hip-hop was seen as a fad. And many oh, companies were reluctant to sign hip hop artists. Hence, what I said mm. about Cookie Crew just left retired. 
They yes, because they didn't have anyone backing them up. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we're reluctant to sign up hip-hop artists with many early hip-hop artists signing for independent labels. Um, so, Salt and Pepper greatly impacted the hip-hop scene, being one of the first all-female rap hip-hop groups. However, feminists disliked them because hip-hop rap negatively portrayed women. However, Salt and Pepper changed the look of hip-hop as they wore sexy clothing and were not afraid to talk about sex and their thoughts this is what about I kind men. Of said. This is what I kind of said. They're like the more superior. They're like, yeah, what are yeah. you going to do about it? Yeah, and their song, song Let's Talk About Sex, was a huge yeah. hit. Yeah, well, I know that song. That song's still. Um, I randomly came, started singing that song today. Kind of thought it was weird, but it's because I've heard it recently. But yeah. Oh, so there, yeah. So in 1992, they won a Grammy for None okay. of Your Business as Best Rap Performance by a group. And in 1994, okay. What a Man won Best Dance Video and Best R&B Video at the MTV Music Awards. Now, you didn't have What a Man because it wasn't I really was going to say, I was chart. just looking. Didn't get in the right. chart or wasn't a hit over in the UK. Um, and it mainly okay. got the awards because of its video more than anything. So it won Best yeah, yeah, Art yeah. Video and Best Art Do you know we've video. not had, um, we've not really had awards in a while. No. In 2022, Salt and Pepper, the group, remember, not the, yeah. the people, received yeah. a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame as a celebration for the trio being the first ladies of rap and hip-hop. Okay, good for them. But like, I knew that they were like with it, like women of like power in a sense. Uh, their fourth album, Very Necessary, became the highest selling rap album by a female act in history at the time, 1993, yeah. selling over 7 million copies. Okay. The album had the singles Shoop, None of Your Business, and What a Man on it. Okay. The trio. So they're ones that I didn't have, aren't they? Um, you had Shoop and None of Your Business. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. did the I trio think. disbanded in 2002. However, five years later, in 2007, they reformed. Oh, they had hey. four top ten singles, nice. one top ten album, and their nineteen ninety one, which was their nineteen ninety one greatest hits, Salt and Pepper. Okay, not bad going. So, their singles. Yeah. Their first single, nineteen eighty eight, was a double A. Push It and Tramp. Okay. Got to number two. Just missed out Ooh. on number one. Okay. Well, I recognise Push It. Heard of that. I thought it was a 90s song. Um, and then Tramp. Had a good beat. Was slower. So I wouldn't have put them two on the same 
like them being a double A. I wouldn't have ever guessed that they could have been like that, but I guess sometimes they are a bit opposite for double A's, aren't they? Mm-hmm. 1988, Shake Your Fang, It's Your Thing, yeah. featuring EU, got to number 22. Okay. I really enjoyed the rapping in this one. It was a good rap. Like they, were, they showed their talent. Uh huh. 1988, Tristan Shout, number four. Okay, this has got a bit of an older sound to it. Like, it so weirdly, like, Push It, I thought it was the 90s. Twist and Shout, I thought it would have been like earlier if I'd just listened to it. Um, but it's catchy, and again, I recognized it a bit. Okay. 1990, Expression, got to number 40. It was then re released in 1992. And got to number 23. Okay. Well, this is my favourite. Um, it's got a really good message in the lyrics. Like, that's what um, draws me to it. And it's really upbeat too. But that's why I was like, yeah, these women are just doing it for themselves. So I enjoyed that one. Okay. 1991, Do You Want Me? Number five. Okay, a bit repetitive, but it is catchy. 1991, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about mm-hmm. you and me. Number two. Oh, see, that would have been the one that I would have said was the number one. Um, again, I recognise it. It's actually been used in, like, Pitch Perfect. They sing it in there. Um, uh-huh. I really like the intro. And obviously the intro isn't on just when you listen to the song. It's through the video. And it, they basically say... Let's talk about sex. It's like, oh, no, we can't do that. We're women. Like, we can't be doing that. Like, so I really enjoyed that they kind of explained it. And then they were kind of just like, nah, we're doing it. Who cares? So I really love it. I love that it's the women doing it as well. Yeah. That would have been my favourite. Okay. If I did. 1991, You Showed Me, number 15. Okay. Well, that was a softer song. Like, they'd kind of dialed it down a bit more compared to the others that I'd already heard. Uh-huh. 1992, Start Me Up, number 39. Okay, this one, you, they are really talented that comes out of this. It's catchy, gets you moving. I really enjoyed that one. And then 1994, Shoop, number 13. I enjoyed it. It's nice and catchy, but the chorus lets it down. And to me, the chorus is like the main thing of the song, isn't it? So I weren't that big a fan of Sheep. Okay. 1994, None of Your Business, number 19. They wrapped you fast in this one. I don't know what they're saying. That's probably the only downside side to it. Uh-huh. 1996, Champagne, number 23. Okay, this one's a bit slower and I'd say more dull in the sounding. There's a bit of a change of beat in there. But yeah, that's probably one of my least favourites. 97 now, Are You Ready? Number 24. Okay, the vocals are a bit quiet and they're quite fast as well. So I didn't know whether they were coming or going with that one. And then 1999, the Brick Track versus Giddy Up, 
number 22. Right, so you know I said that there was like a change in beat in champagne. This one's not that salt and pepper that I'm used to from like the, the previous songs that I've had. So I was a bit confused. I didn't know if there was anyone featuring in it, but it weren't what I was used to from all their other songs. Okay. That comes to the end of discussing those seven groups this week. Yeah. So now it just needs to find out whether they were a hit with yourself or yeah. they were a miss. Exactly. So, so. We shall start in the order we discussed them. Yeah. Cookie Crew. Cookie Crew were a miss. Okay. Cold Cut. Another miss. I wasn't expecting this week to go well. I'll be honest, I, ha- I didn't know where you were going to sit with it because. Right, I did. I was meant to ask you, what do you think? Because I think when we've got into a bit of house and hip hop, I've said I didn't realize how much I did. I think I'm with how they were at the time, so their singles sold well. So I've got quite a few Cookie Crew singles, I've got um, S Express, I might have Pump Up the Volume, I'm not 100% sure, um, and I've got some Salt and Pepper. I've actually got one that they didn't even have in the top, and that's Grandpa's Party. There's one okay. you need to listen to. It. Um, I'm pretty sure that was. I might not. I uh, might be Mona Love actually. I might have, no. I might have, might be wrong there. Um, no, it wasn't them. I don't think it was Mona Love. Um, but yeah, they're uh, one I've got of theirs. Um, oh, obviously, let's talk about sex, and I might have Kristen shout. But yeah, but uh, yeah, so you've got I didn't go out and buy their albums. I've got no yeah, albums okay. of any of these. Right. Although, I, as I say, I had a house album, but that was the best. It was the best. Like the best of all the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so yes, I'd have, I'd have, I like Born This Way. As I say, I've got that on on um, single. On single, Doctor in the House yeah. and Cold Cut. I've got that. I'm not sure if I've got pump up the volume, but I wouldn't be surprised if I haven't. I was going to say, I haven't haven't got anything of Inner City, but I do like Good Life. Um, I've got the theme from S Express. I haven't got anything from D-Mob, but again, Recall It Acid was a a big song at the time. Um, And I haven't, as I say, Salt and Pepper. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure I've got Salt and Pepper's album, actually. I think I might have their album, their greatest album. But um, I have got a, a single of theirs, which I think is Let's Talk About Six, and I think I might have Tristan Shout as well. So, yeah, so okay. it All was right, so more of a, this was, this was different. It wasn't my kind of thing, but yeah, I, oh, liked, I didn't like, as I say, the odd, the odd single, like I've just pointed out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Mars, I'm, I'm putting the next, next to them. Um, <laughs> Inner City. Hit. I enjoyed okay. them. So that's good. One of the the Americans. So the Brits at the moment are losing out, even though we've got three bands so far. Do you far. know with Cookie Crew, right? I liked him, but I won't listen to him again. I don't know what it is. It's just something about him. But I did enjoy. I think they just sound too similar. I think, like I said that, didn't I? But yeah. I don't know. Like I was rooting for him, but yeah, they just didn't do much for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to them again. Uh-huh. That's so, yeah. S Express? Miss. Okay. Anyone has D-Mob. a theme tune? Anyway. D Mob. Number one. I was on the fence and I was like, I've only just changed them to what I'm about to tell you. 
I was like, okay, I'll put them on the fence and I'm going to see how much when I'm re-talking about it, because when I re-talk about them, I kind of replay it in my head, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like my notes trigger me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see how I remember them, not just writing my notes, because like there and then I was unsure. And when I finished talking about it, I went back up and I put them as a hit because I'm like, actually, thinking back to them, I did enjoy them. So yeah, I liked it. I didn't really have much negative things to say about Demon. And Salt and Pepper. They were a hit. They're my favourite this week. Well, so out of seven, which is the most you've had for a while. Yeah. Um, just because they'd look odd at, with anything else coming up. And also, it's not like I had a mass amount of songs either, was no, it? No, no, so. no. Um, two of them were American, and you liked both of the Americans. Inner City mm-hmm. and Salt and Pepper. Oh, no, and oh, Detroit. It's free, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. But I think Americans can do this genre better. Well, you've just proved it. You, you like the Americans, all three of them, and yet the yeah. four British groups you didn't like. No. So. Well, so there we go. There we go. Okay, that's this week, and I'm sure you'd yeah. now like to know what you've got for next week. Yes, please. Okay, you have got Decon Blue. Okay, not heard of them. Millie Vanilli. Nope. The Pasadenas. Ah, so that you've mentioned them. Now I know why you've uh, like, let's just see. I was waiting for them to come up and you talking about them this week and then they never did. Now it explains why you said that. Fairground attraction. Nope. Hot house flowers. Nope. Eighth wonder. No. Okay, that's your groups for this week. Okay. Yeah, I've not heard of any of them. Bar the Pasadena, no. but only because you mentioned it today. Yeah. That'd be an okay, interesting then. Yeah, I'll see any. how We'll see yeah. how you do and um, when you speak back next week about them. Yeah. See we need to uh, get back into the, the better ways. I mean, yes, there's a few, yeah. three, three out of seven I'll take. Three out of seven, that's not a, bad. In a, in a genre that was very short-lived as far as the 80s went, but a big, yeah. a big, it had a big mark in the eighties because that's where it was born. Okay. So everyone thinks of house music and I think it is the nineties. Hip hop and rap being nineties. Yeah, I do. In the eighties. Well, there you go. So you're educating me in some way, aren't you? So there you go. You may not like the music, but I'm learning. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, I will say goodbye. Yeah. Or I will send over the songs for those. Groups. So I will just quickly read through again. Decon Blue, yeah. Millie Vanilli, The Pasadenas, Fairground Attraction, Hot House Flowers, and Eight Wonder. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get the, I'll get the songs for them and um, we'll catch up next week and um, get your thoughts on them. Yeah. Okay. All right then. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye, Dad. <laughs>